Hi everyone! If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I have with me today uh, a friend of mine who I've actually wanted to have on the show for a while, but it uh, turns out we live in different time zones. That's something mm. that uh, we discovered on, on this uh, trying to plan this. Turns out um, that America and uh, the many islands that make up the United Kingdom are in different time zones, which is a funny thing. Uh, but it does make things tr- tricky, but we finally have him on. Uh, it's Mr. Sean McTiernan. You may know him as uh, as Nocorus on Twitter. You may also know him as the host of the uh, the late but still very well beloved uh, podcast, All Units. Um, Sean, welcome. Hello, how's it going, uh, Trev? I'm immediately going to have to get really mad because Ireland isn't in the United Kingdom. <laughs> oh, you're um, right. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, no, I, okay. uh, I actually. I actually was making jokes with a. Uh, there's an Irish family that moved uh, into our neighborhood. Like, I don't know. I guess they. I guess they've been here for about a year, and uh, they moved very close to us, and we we got to know them and their kid. They were really really nice people. Um, and the father uh, Ryan has uh, very similar politics to me, so I can like I can kind of joke around with them. Um, and they got a dog, and uh, it was an English golden retriever. And I was I was I was um, I was emboldened to make a joke about it. I said, "Oh, I can't believe you." let an English person into your house, something that's English into your house. And he said, yeah, it's going to take over the whole place. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, felt very, I felt very good about myself to know that much about Irish. But now I know to step back a little bit and remember that yeah. I'm from America. And I only <laughs> no, it's fine. So much. I forgive you for being from America. I'm going, this is my new project. I'm going to one by one forgive any forgive American. I think des- yeah, yeah, it deserves it. Yeah, yeah. That's bold. That's like the 10,000 cranes. Um, (laughs) yeah it's probably going to be a lot less than that actually in numbers of people that i would forgive for being Uh but yeah similar similar yeah yeah well Um, i mean that's a lot of people to forgive i don't know if i i don't know if i know ten thousand people yeah oh but but do you remember friendster the the max number of friends used to be five thousand, and there was a news story about the first guy who maxed i was thinking about this the other day when someone was talking about 75 million instagram followers or whatever so yeah that's a nightmare to have 5,000 friends, like on, on a site that's about having friends, like I, I can only imagine how terrible that would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, can you imagine like, because at that point you're still thinking like, oh, these are actually my friends. Um, yeah. like oh, definitely. This site is what? about connecting with real people who are my friends. This is before 
we all sort of understood what social media was. And now yeah. it's like, I have five. This is my fiefdom. Like, yeah, these are my, these are my little men that I direct around on the screen or whatever, that if enough of them like me, a, a diet drink will send me a thousand dollars. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> but it's good that we have a solid definition of friendship now, even if it's that, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. It's like the, um, we're, we're sort of like living in a, in a very, very like weird post, uh, I don't know, post-cybernetic uh, uh, version of Jim Jones's dad's gravestone, which is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, or Sean, I don't know if you know what Jim Jones's dad's gravestone says. But, I don't, uh, actually. It says, it says, everyone in the world is my friend, um, <laughs> which is the most heartbreaking <laughs> oh, thing. That's great. You put on a, it's wonderful. I, I I love it. You could find, like, I found one picture of it online, and I was so pleased. No, that's, um, that's, yeah, I yeah, know, because I, because my favorite gravestone up until now, because you've got to have one, folks, um, my, my oh. favorite gravestone up until now is Yashiro Ozu, the director, Japanese director. I went to a screening of one of his films, yeah, by Paul Schrader <laughs> introduced it. I was a bit surprised to see him there, but there he was. Oh, and he was hey. just like, yeah, did it was like. Did he, did he play you all in or? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was like, I'm glad. To, no, not that. <laughs> no, um, the director, Paul Schrader. Sorry, that would have oh, been great. I thought though. you meant, yeah, I thought you meant the, the Letterman guy. Yeah, no, no. If he, just to bring the keyboards out. No, no, sadly. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the embattled oh. director of art films, not uh, the bald uh, keyboardist. But however uh still jazzy in his own way uh one might say oh, sure. um but uh he said this is a film directed by yashiro ozu um it's his last film his gravestone has the, has nothing on it except the symbol for nothing this is what this film is about and then just walked off <laughs> and the Incredible. film was like it was fucking amazing and the film was brilliant but I was like fuck Paul Schrader that's unreal like he's not great on Facebook he says a lot of extremely strange things um, sometimes it's funny sometimes it's a bit like oh no um, he's going to start talking about SJWs but that particular piece of information was great but now everyone that's is my friend wonderful. may have usurped it so <laughs> I love every everyone in the world is my friend it's just like I, I love thinking about what you'd have to think to put that there it's it's either it's either deeply sad or deeply hopeful and i I don't know if there's much difference between the two yeah yeah i remember when i was in college a guy said someone said to this guy and you know you're you're inventing who you are as a person in college right which is something to do again Mm -hmm. with the game we're going to talk about eventually (laughs) but you're like constructing your persona we will we will but you're constructing your persona whatever and this guy um, and I'm I'm actually quite good friends with him still, and he has calmed down a lot as a vi. But we were both in the really ultra terrible person phase. That's your early twenties, and someone said to him to like, that. "Yeah, of course, of course." And it's your chrysalis of being a shithead, and then you emerge from it. And you're only kind of a shithead. Um, but uh, but he was like, someone said to him, "Oh, you know everybody," and he was in the middle of saying, "Yeah, I know everybody," and I did not think, and I just said, "That's the same as knowing nobody, though, isn't it?" And it was like I had killed a child. <laughs> like the whole room just retracted around that moment. And I remember thinking, oh, I must read some books about subtlety or something. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, uh, Scott. Scott Benson had a tweet where he was like, I know everyone has had a moment where they've told a joke and it's fallen completely flat. Tell me what those moments are. And I couldn't think of my own, but that is that is an excellent one. It's not even, I wasn't even, I was just like, oh, this guy is like, you're fundamentally worthless, right? Like, you know, and so is the concept of friendship. Okay, bye, everybody. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> what is it to know someone? I don't think it's anything. Yeah. Anyway, let's um, go well, to actually, lunch. Yeah, that yeah. is really similar to. The, so you wanted to come on and talk about, which I, I think is cool because I would never ask you to come on and do like an all units uh, uh, redux because that would be that would be rude. Um, because you've you've done such good work there and you ended it and I think as sad as everyone was to see it go, there's something very powerful in ending something on your own terms uh, since no one seems willing to do it. Uh, but Thank you. I was happy that, yeah, of course. Uh, I was happy that it had something to do with it, though, because Hitman and Hitman 2, particularly the recent ones, are very uh, pulpy, uh, like sort of... They almost feel to me like a detective story in some ways, which is probably wrong. But in some ways, it feels that way to me, where there's like the the interchangeability, the sort of seriality of it um, and surreality of it um, just strike me as something written in like a Parker novel or something. And that's always what I've associated with all units, even though you are a film podcast and not a, a book podcast. But still, it's like that's what I think about. No, fully. And I'm glad you mentioned Parker, because secretly, the only reason I've come on this podcast is to get really mad at you with a single thing <laughs> you said about Parker in a recent episode where you were like, oh, yeah, no, you know, yeah, you were, you were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, like the it's like one those novels. person who would get mad about me, get mad at me for what I said about Parker, because no one else has read. <laughs> oh, I was furious. I tell you, man, I was listening to it and I was like, did he just say it's not worth writing an essay about Parker? But that's my whole thing. That's the only thing I've ever done. <laughs> like, well, and so I, it was, it's, it's worth you writing an essay about. Par well, I'll let you get mad. At, right. But like what I'll say is. It's worth you writing an essay about Parker because you would like you would historicize it. You would have interesting things to say. I feel like most literary critics writing about Parker would just talk about how like, oh, the prose is flat or like, I, I don't know. Like there's there's the Parker novels are really important because they're the Parker novels. Uh, I don't know. You explain it and explain why you're mad at me. No, I'm not, actually, I'm not actually you, you mad. I'm, I'm a be. very it's nice okay. man. I'm, I know, I know. I've, I've left all that behind in my surely you don't have any friends days. Um, but yeah, no, so, so like, no, it's interesting you mentioned Parker because if somebody hasn't read Parker, the Parker books are about an extremely effective and pragmatic sociopath um, who is a uh, kind of a heist man for hire. The first book is the basis for the film Point Blank. The famous quote from the film Point Blank is uh, Lee Marvin saying, I just want my money. That's Parker's whole thing. He just wants his money. Yeah. But um, And it kind of uh, systematizes revenge where instead of him feeling... Now, he eventually does have personal grudges, but what he does is he transfers financial grudges onto the superior <laughs> of the person. When you're dealing with a criminal organization, this gets very bad very quickly, right? You know? And right, I think yeah, in one and of, all, yeah. yeah. And then in one it's, of the it's, first it's, books... Someone okay. says, oh, you're doing all this for $64,000. You know, like you immediately end yeah. up, which is a very hitman thing, actually. You know, you're doing these jobs and you're disrupting much bigger systems just to do this smaller thing, you know? Well, yeah, it's 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 very much like I feel like the the current obsession with... Uh, so this is why I like, I think... I think I would be careful about most people writing about Parker just because I would assume they would miss the forest for the trees. Because a lot of what what's cool about Parker now is thinking about it in terms of like you know where our obsession with John Wick came from or where our obsession with like current revenge tragedies came from like Parker is totally that and Parker is I've never heard it better said as like a high functioning sociopath <laughs> yeah that's all he is. is 
yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, he is a verb. Like, that's his whole thing. He's just like, and one of my favorite things is the book has quite a rich cast of characters and there's even a kind of a gentleman heist, a safe cracker who d- does safe cracking just to run his, like, mini theater dinner theater during the year and has to fund it via these robberies and he's a very loose kind of hilarious guy and they had spin-off books with him but so he can write all these characters it's donald westlake writing as richard stark so he can do all this other stuff but parker is just absent of all that it's such an interesting exercise almost to write somebody who is just a void and um the character is like that too in the book like he gets his face changed in the second to Per, per, like change his identity in the second book but then he has to oh. rely on his criminal yeah the man with the getaway face right so but then he has to rely on his criminal contacts so he has to meet people and they don't think they think he's dead you know and there's a there's an extremely good bit in one of the early books where he talks to someone for five minutes and the guy is like yeah only Parker is this much of an asshole this is definitely Parker like they, they, they kind Parker. of yeah yeah they're like this has no one else would do this um, like I think it's like they set a dog on him and he immediately kills the dog and they're like well I've never seen someone not hesitate to kill a dog that isn't Parker so in you come yeah but um, but anyway yeah sorry not to go on a big I love but that. it's just this idea of this guy who in any situation he is thinking of like you know like there's a there's a deadly edge where the, the start of it they rob a rock club he, he has to steal a guy's uniform, which is obviously Hitman, right? But he has yeah, to steal a guy's that's uniform. That's literally Hitman, yeah. yeah. That's the whole game. Sociopath steals a uniform. But uh, but he has to, he, he, the guy, the security guard realizes he's going to use his uniform. So the security guard starts trying to throw up to ruin the uniform. And there's like two other people in the room who are freaking out. And Parker just turns around, sees this is happening and breaks the guy's nose and says, you're not allowed to touch it. And you both have to look at him. And that's how he like ends the interaction. You know what I mean? Like he stops the, yeah. and not in the same way as like Hitman, you kind of enter these social situations and you have to either stop something or precipitate something, you know? Yeah, and I think like actually one of the things that I probably did wrong with Parker in in, in trying to read it, and it's making me want to go back and try it again, um, is that I read it in in my MA, so I was I was much stupider because um, not because I was not because I didn't have my MA, but because I was twenty three, um, and you're not as we've talked about in your early twenties, you're not a smart person um, unless or a person at all. Early twenties, yeah, unless you're in your early twenties and listening to this, in which your case you're the exception. Yeah, um, just you. Yeah, yeah, just you. Um, but the um, like I wasn't I I didn't know what I was really getting into and I stopped after the first book and what I'm realizing is like while Hitman the early games where it's just like really intense and serious are fine uh, and they're like important video games and stuff I feel like this new iteration of Hitman is like where the games actually get their spirit um, where like you have opportunities to dress up as a clown to go kill your mark or like you can you can like set a boat on them or like, I mean like all the stuff you see on Twitter where people have funny ways of, of solving these hitman puzzles. Um, that feels really, really like it's coming into its own. And, and in some ways, like the absurdity of it and the absurdity of what you're describing in the later Parkers or even like the second onward Parkers are, uh, they seem like, like very much of a, of a kind. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like there is, I've tweeted before, but somebody did a list of the first line of every Parker book, right? 
And mm-hmm. if you just read the first line of every Parker book, you'll be like, these are the greatest books ever written, right? <laughs> like crime books. Because they're always, they, they always either start with the word Parker or like when. And it's like when somebody was in the bathroom, Parker was in the garage killing a man. It's like one of the ones I can remember offhand or whatever. Oh, that's really and they, good. Yeah. And they always start like, or like he's kicking someone off a building or something. They always start mid horrible thing is happening, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I think the Hitman, like, so I have to admit something, right? This is not a popular yeah. thing to admit in a video game podcast but I actually haven't played most of the I've actually only played the first Hitman when mm-hmm. I was a kid when it came out and that was when PC games like all of them like you know the way people say oh adventure games really captured the spirit of Lovecraft or whatever because PCs were kind of strange all PC games were Lovecraftian then you know they were all like yeah they were bizarre it, absolutely yeah like but it's specifically like it was impossible to conceive the whole thing and they were like if you'd accidentally clip through a wall you'd be greeted by like an abomination to God and like you didn't really understand how <laughs> limbs worked and stuff it was really like yeah I mean I know Alan Moore did a lot of work with um with uh, whatever what was his what was his um uh, Lovecraft thing called again the recent one um, oh, it's really good yeah 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 um, not, not Necronomicon not the one that's just a fish man assaulting a woman in a sewer, sewer for four there was another one anyway but um, but yeah as yeah, good a work as he did I think early early PC games were probably or not early but like early 3D PC games and um, I mean they're terrifying I they're, absol- they're absolutely terrifying yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a, a sense of the ancient about them, even when you're playing them, that you're like, this is wrong. Like, I'm accessing some sort of thing here I shouldn't be. Um, I also feel yeah. like they, they are very much like, they in in the sort of like, they, they feel almost like artificial or like they have a kind of artifice about them that is threatening. Like, uh, oh, fully. Like you find in, in like, in like um, I don't know, like in, in Lovecraftian stories about like, you know things that are almost human, but not quite. This is like a con- a constant th- uh, thread, and like you play something like Maniac Mansion or something, and the the characters obviously they're stylized, but they're also human, and you're just like, wow, that the way the text looks, the way this kind of plays, especially on the PC instead of the NES, like this feels almost right, but not quite, and it's just like it's very hard to get past uh, without feeling a little creeped out. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, my experience of early PC games was I was always a console behind because I have no mm. siblings, right? So, and But my parents were, my dad was really into computers. Like, we had the internet when I was three. I am 30. Um, so, like, that was a long time ago. Um, uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and my dad was, re- I mean, it was just receiving chain emails from my asinine second cousin or whatever. We weren't changing the world or anything. But, like, early, I've always had a PC, you know? And demo discs were obviously cheaper than games. So I remember the Hitman demo really well because I would put in these demos and I have no idea what was. And I think I was around nine or ten when the first Hitman game came out. And I, it was so complicated that the demo, I played it probably for as long as I've played most games because I just couldn't do anything in it. You know, I ended up in a street for ages. I remember it looking photorealistically 3D. Obviously, I do because that's how people remember old games. But I just think, you know, it was so strange. And it was still, even then... And now the theming is so different, you know, from most Absolutely. games. Like, like I have this problem where I don't like sci-fi and I don't like fantasy. So video games are a bit of a slog for me, you know. Um, or they can no, be. I mean, there's there's so many there's so many other options like um, uh, like sci-fi fantasy. <laughs> this uh, is it, right? Or fantasy sci-fi? Yeah, like fantasy def- sci-fi. Yeah, that happens too. Uh, yeah. No, you're right though. That like actual like honest to god crime video games are, um, I don't know. They're ultra rare. 
Like they're they're hard yeah. to find. Like especially if that's your genre of choice. I feel like the the current explosion over uh, Disco Elysium is is proof of this, right? Like the idea of just playing a game as a cop and or like a detective or an, or or the op or like a, a hard boiled whatever. That's so rarely done. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I will say I'm, I'm fully aware that there are plenty of games that are not that. But the other, you know, that they are, like you say, and especially now, you know, there's more and more games in different, you know, subjects and different teams or whatever. But I'm also, I play games the way a good few people listen to my podcast, right? Where I uh-huh. listen to a lot of fairly esoteric criticism about them and good criticism about them, like your show. And I spent a lot of when I was in my early 20s being a subhuman um, reading um action button and stuff you know like and okay, and okay. i think actually action button and that kind of thing probably have a greater influence on my film criticism than i would like to now that i've said it people are going to start nosing and i'm going to get kicked out of the no friends film society or whatever but the games i actually play are like mid-tier third person action or first person game. i always find it really hard to like engage with real games that you would actually talk about and you you know when i hear people that are like really into i'm like how do you what's going on like how how do you put on a podcast and play you know like my favorite game is like max Payne 3 or something you know like and because i because it's again it's a crime game that you that there's no bullshit you're just shooting people the whole way through and i'm like this is it um I uh, I, yeah. So the people don't make more games like that, though, right? Like it it would seem that that would be something that people would want. Yeah, I mean, Mafia Three was you know it was not a perfect game by any sense, but any game that ends with you like you can like mass gun down um, the Ku Klux Klan at some stage, like that's worth it. But I I do think that like Mafia One, you know, is a crime game and uh, it's just extremely weird. You know, like like you have to follow the rules of the road i'm pretty sure like in mafia one or two like or, or you get what? pulled over yeah yeah there, it was like deep simulation but like you know you guys got a problem but like a total immersion kind of thing there's yeah i think i mean i'm sure i'm missing you know like and i i, I would like to stress if you are going to contact me and mention a sci-fi crime game please see previously written comments because I don't want to shoot a cyber gun at any cyber man. Like, I'm sorry. I know people love that, but it's still, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I really enjoy that Hitman is this weird outlier. I like, I liked it then and I like it now for the same thing, you know? Um, right. Yeah. It, yeah. And I, cause I made a big, cause I, I've been on my, my, um, friends who had a video game podcast that was very beloved despite being, um, British people. I still have a lot of respect for them. It was called midnight <laughs> resistance. And one okay. of the last times I was on that a couple of years ago, they were talking about Dark Souls. And I like said this thing again, which after I said it, I was like, that can't be true. I said, I don't want to get good at any game because I feel like that would fundamentally, I'd be like, why didn't I get good at something more? <laughs> you know, I, I sounded like a MAGA dad. I was like, I hate, but the, do I hate? But do I, you know, like I was like kind of breaking down. But, like, what I meant was I'd rather be reading comics or something. Not like I, I'd be, you know, I could have been Stradivarius if I wasn't, you know, mindlessly right. playing Watch Dogs 2, you know, like, which I do not recommend. Um, but, Don't uh, mindlessly play Watch Dogs 2. No, um, no. But, I, but yeah, I, I, I said this thing and then it was like, no, it's because they're talking about Dark Souls and I fucking can't stand. I don't like fantasy. I don't even like it when it's set in Japanese Europe. The respect I have for Japanese Europe is big. 
I like Berserk and everything, but like, yeah, I, the theming just puts me off, which is why, you know, if you think Hitman, and I know it sounds like I only like it on a very surface level, but I, I think that it carries that through to the whole game, right? Because right. like, in like, I think Dark Souls, you know, I, I'm sorry about talking about Dark Souls on a game pod. I know that's like fucking games bingo no, or whatever. I mean- <laughs> no, I, I've, I've had like 800 episodes about Dark Souls at this point. I, at one point, my friend Jocelyn, uh, who's my who's working at Riot now, um, go follow Gold Do Shot on, uh, on Twitter. Um, she yelled at me and said, if you make another episode about Dark Souls again, I'm going to scream. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah. try to I try to keep that in mind. Uh, do but, do but i mean this is explicitly not right because whenever i hear people talking about dark souls and they're like yeah and then i and it's like oh yeah this is my experience with fantasy novels where people tell me oh yeah it sucks but it sucks if you stick with it you like you hate it you, you eventually start liking it it's like that's not a thing like i'm not like you, it fails right. you enough <laughs> that you get better at failing through it and suddenly you're like hold on that sword's got a man in it like not my and again I don't mean to I know fantasy is important to people and stuff and I understand that but I I'm pretty sure if you like sci-fi and fantasy you won um they don't make any action films for adults that don't have fucking lasers in them anymore you know accept Mm -hmm. your victory allow me to be a a bit ornery about it but I will say that Hitman you know you learn about levels and stuff like you get through it but it's not like dark because I thought of it like this is my thing that I'm going to get and I'm terrible at Hitman obviously still even though I was like I'm going to get really good at it but I played I mean, it so much I mean it's a much. massive game it must be so Huge. hard to get really good at yeah. yeah well people that are good I mean people you watch people on YouTube and they're like I can finish the entirety of all of the missions in Hitman in a suit silent assassin in 26 minutes and it's like why would you do that to yourself you're not that's not like the game is about standing near people and hearing <laughs> them say a weird thing you know like that's yeah, I don't know, but um, you, but yeah, Hitman that's just not what game, That's not how gamers think. It's always no. Like, how do we get it faster, and how do we get how do we get this game pared down even more? Yeah, well, in doing like research for this, i.e., like, st- well, I was gonna say stealing people's opinions, but whenever I look at a video I say on YouTube, I just unless it's by like Shannon Strachey, I just turn into like <laughs> Edvard Monks to scream usually when people start talking about <laughs> fucking Tarkovsky or whatever. But like, but yeah, like this guy was like, oh, the big problem with the new Hitman games is the opportunity system. What like? And he's like, because it makes the game too easy. It's like, really, man. You hate oh. the bit where you get to play a drum solo in Bangkok and then kick a guy off the roof. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Like, fair dues for pinpointing the bad. Isn't that really strange? You know? It's, well, it's, 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 it's that kind of argument where, like, the idea is the worst part of Hitman is the stuff that doesn't make it realistic. Like, that there needs to be more games where it's a realistic style Hitman uh, that, that is really trying to hunt someone down. Whereas, like, that would be so gray and boring. Like it, it yeah. sounds awful to play that. I mean, the the most realistic, I think, depiction of Hitman in a film is... Have you ever seen Michael Clayton? Yes. The, it's like the George Clayton... Right, so it's not a film people immediately call to mind, usually. So, but no, there I wouldn't are two, have thought of that. I wouldn't have thought of that as a Hitman film either, but I guess you're right. It's, there are two guys in Michael and Clayton, yeah, who turn up to kill... But the way they talk, talk to each other is so... It's not even like 
put on cool or affected cool. You know, it's not like Jean-Pierre Melville where a load of guys soulfully stare out a window before they go kill people or whatever. These guys are just clearly doing a job, are bored, obviously used to be Marines or something, and like... They right. don't derive yeah, they don't derive any pleasure or personality from what they're doing. It's just the thing they right. do, you know. And it's not a fun thing to play, you know. Like Hitman people yeah, I think why when would you? Exactly. But I think when I say, Oh, I wish more games had theming like this and were built to appeal to like people who love seven out of ten big action games, sorry I'm this person. Um but uh I don't mean I want serious games. You know, like, Hitman's a guy who signs into every hotel as T-Reaper and, like, every single end of an interaction with people is him being like, I've this isn't my first termination and, like, kicks a woman out a window. Like, it's a stupid game. You know, it's really funny. Um, but I think but it, people like, it's miss... it's okay with being stupid. That's, like, that's the thing about it, right? Where, like, I think the, the thing I like about Dark Souls to sort of like bring the Dark Souls back uh, un, unwisely. Um, <laughs> uh, the reason I like Dark Souls is that Dark Souls is willing to sort of be like, not that it's hard. Uh, and, and a lot of people like it because it's hard. But I like that it's hard on its own terms. That it's sort of like yeah. the whole point of it being hard is like, yeah, this world isn't very nice to you. And in fact, no world is. And uh, you don't matter here. And that's cool. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like an interesting way to, to do a video game because video games are so often power fantasies. But I love I love the idea of a game that is like so willing to also be dumb, like so willing to be like, yeah, no, it's like we're just doing like this hitman here. He's like he's a real tough hitman, but uh, also he like is every cl- single cliche. So you get to be like the ultimate badass, but also uh, you say like Arnold Schwarzenegger lines every time you kick someone out of a window. Um, like, that's cool. It's not like, it's not like Call of Duty where it's like, oh, we have to make this serious. We have to make the, you know, they, they made the Russians, uh, they they tried to make the Russians bad by making them do, uh, some horrible war crimes that the U.S. did in, uh, the Gulf War. Like, it's just like, that level of realism (laughs) doesn't seem helpful in any way. Like, even if you did agree with it politically, it's just, it, it ends up being like, I don't know, like a simulacrum of the world instead of something where it's like, the commentary be- works better because it's not the real way the world works. Yeah, although there is like a kill Jeffrey Epstein level in Hitman 2, you know, which is I like mean, pretty, pretty fucking crazy that there's a big bit at the end with the Illuminati and they like, that's actually one thing I like about and that plays into the absurdity as well, right? Like right. they very blatantly, everybody you kill in the first and second <laughs> hit, Hitman game, I'm pretty sure, like, sorry, the, the newest two, not the first and second one. Because all the earlier ones are like, you have to kill a sexy lady, or you have to kill just one or th- one of three of these black guys. You know, like it's all very dodgy. Like it's all well, yeah, and it's it's that like that's the problem, right? Where like those early games are like, oh yeah, this is like this is like how we imagine gamers want to be hitmen. Like it's like, yeah, exactly, sex yeah. and violence. And these new ones get it, where they're just like, no, 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 we're gonna make sprawling levels where like you have to kill this like bizarre uh, like techno uh or like edm air or something like that like, yeah exactly very, like they yeah. all have criminal connections but they all have legitimate businesses you know what i mean and they all have fronts <laughs> and they all have private security that work with the cop like if you want to you could make a case for hitman being extremely like right on which it kind of you know i mean that's like for 
almost your entire audience who hasn't heard of me and my podcast and are probably wondering why you're being so nice about it. Um, I would imagine it's mainly due to politeness. But one of the things I ended oh. up doing... Everyone just well, go ahead and listen to the archives of all units. As you said, it's, it's the, the least annoying, it's the, it's the least annoying uh, uh, film podcast ever. I did it. Um, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, but, but like one of the things I ended up doing was like because thrillers focus so much on work and they focus so much on people who are criminals and like, you know, and all that kind of thing, it, they end up being a fairly grim reflection of how, you know, like the gig economy, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many different things you can take out of it. And, and Hitman is the same where like, who would have enough money to have a private security? Well, it's not going to be like Tony two times the two Tom or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like, you know, Johnny 18 fingers, the mafia warlord. It's going to be like a guy who has seed funding and, you know, or a guy who is actually, you know, who's hiding in the fucking Swiss embassy or whatever, or like a guy who's running a militia. And it turns out they've told everybody they're running the militia for one thing, but obviously it's something totally different. And they right. have an Israeli torturer. Like, if you talk about Hitman in that context, you're going to be like, what? How is this the game? But it really is like very, very glib about that stuff as well. I mean, my favorite recurring character in Hitman is is basically the guy who made Twitter. Like he's in, he's he's in. They keep having Jack come. Basically, like there's a, so there's a model in the first in the Paris level of Hitman One called Helmut Kruger. That of course, because you're the perfect human being, Agent Forty Seven, you look exactly like. Um, and it turns out, he, and you can disguise yourself as him, and then genuinely one of the funniest things and this is one of the things Hitman does really well is it keeps bringing up side characters in different missions in a way that you can completely miss if you're not like a massive nerd or whatever but in the in the Japanese surgery level um, there's a guy who's there It's and it's the CEO of Twitter basically it's, he's called like Much Talk is the name of his and it's like a compromised <laughs> social network and he's there to get elective like plastic surgery to look exactly like Helmut Kruger who looks so his exactly girlfriend like will Yeah, so he sees you in the hall and he's like, not cool, man. Like, looking like Helmut Kruger <laughs> was going to be my thing. So you can, like, bring him into a bathroom, knock him out, put the bandages on your face, and then go into the hospital and they, like, take the bandages off. And like, it's almost <laughs> like we've done nothing at all. But, the, you know, and then you obviously <laughs> kill everybody. But then in the second game, he appears again. People are, like, talking about him. He's at the Illuminati meeting, but he's, like, an annoying guy nobody likes. And I don't think they let him in or whatever. And then, like, you can hear you end up. I think you can eventually kill him in like one of the new levels in the DLC or whatever. But he's not a target. Oh, he's wow. just an annoying tool in the background. And that's just one real life kind of analog character that appears over and over again in all of these levels. You know, and they keep doing that. Like a really constant thing is you'll see a news story about your previous murder on the TV in the new place you're murdering people. But because you're a hitman, it's like natural causes thing happened to someone, you know, like, or like right. entire place burns down for no reason we can understand. Um, but yeah. It's, I really appreciate I, that too, because like, it feels like, it feels like most games would take that as an opportunity to enhance the difficulty. Like, oh, don't, you know, don't get caught. Like, you don't want anyone to hear about your old exploits. And old exploits, like, if you don't get it, then it's like, but this is just kind of like a, 
a gag that the game's sharing with you. It's like, oh yeah, remember that? Like, remember yeah, definitely. I mean, an older game did have a reputation system. I remember reading about that and thinking that like doesn't get the character in such a fun. Like the guy goes around signing himself in as the same name. That's a pun wherever he goes. Everyone is like. Wow, I didn't know a six foot one white guy could be a sheik. So, because you can describe, you know, you can disguise yourself as a sheik in the, in the in Hitman One. But then, the only achievement in a game I have ever laughed at is when the sheik so, shows up in Hitman Two, and you can knock him out and disguise yourself again. And the achievement is Sheik Zanzibar, I presume, because that's the name you gave yourself in the first game or whatever. Oh, and this is all really stuff, you, right? But this is all stuff you can kind of miss, you know. Because I think Hitman, like, with all those little stories and everything, like, I spend a lot of my time, because I am very old, listening to old-time detective radio. And yeah. what what that is, is they set up characters that are often archetypes, and there's a, there's a situation going on, and then they bring in your character, you know, the, the, the kind of lead character, which always has, who always has a gimmick. Is he a mystery writer, you know, or he's a detective or whatever? And right. you end up with, there's always like three interlocking stories. One guy is the most bad guy, but you like disrupt it all the time, you know? And, and and that's what like, that's what the Hitman games, you know, you're walking from these stories in progress and you're like juggling them to get one to do the other. So for me, for someone who like, it's not, because I feel like with games, like, you know, you know, this is probably quite a common complaint. I know I'm very entry level when it comes to talking about this stuff, but um. <laughs> It feels You're like fine, the story. It feels like the story has already happened in a lot of games. You know, mm, yeah. Or they're giving, yeah. You know, like I mean, like I don't. I, I'm not trying to get at Gone Home or whatever. But you know, like Gone Home was amazing. But what it really drove, drove home to me, or yeah, Gone Home to me was. That like, oh, this is a, you know, the story's already happened and you're finding out about it, but this is being told in this way because this is how most, especially first person games or whatever, this is how the story, it's easiest to deliver the story through like notes or whatever. Right. Uh, and like the action is almost separate, like that, like Metal Gear Solid um, 5 or whatever, people love the action that and you could listen to the story on cassette tapes mostly, which <laughs> seemed like a bit of a massive cop out to me, I don't know, but uh but what my, I like about him, my my pet theory about the Metal Gear games is that uh, uh, Kojima's just always wanted to make visual novels and doesn't have the 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 courage to just do that. It, yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels like the action is always something he doesn't actually want to do. And so, well, on this on are, this are the, the week of yeah, on this the week of uh, I don't know when you're going to put this out, but Death Stranding oh, just came out. Yeah. Yeah, his sixty-five I'm, uh, hour UPS. I'm writing. Uh, a, I'm writing a review about that, so I have to oh, wow. not 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 one that's coming out. I don't. I don't get a review copy. I just get a. I just get a free copy. But I uh, to write a review about it, so I'm gonna have to play that whole thing. Uh, which I'm is sure. Listen, I'm sure something. it really kicks off in hour fifty. Uh, like <laughs> that's what I hear. I mean, all the stuff where it's like, yeah, you know, for the first thirty hours or so, it's mostly delivering mail, and then it then then the plot really kicks in. It's like, boy, then you get a, a mail cart, you know, and then you I'm, can really go. Uh, you know, I'm really wondering um, about this game, but no, you're right. Like the like Bioshock's that way. Bioshock is the game that I've always thought about like this because you know System Shock Two really, I think. Uh, uh, brought this kind of technology to the fore where it's like, oh, you found like, you found some some audio logs or like you're sort of like discovering what happened to the spaceship. And System Shock 2 works, and I, I know that you, you wouldn't like it because it's sci-fi, but like it works because you're sort of like, you're basically solving the mystery of what happened to the ship you're on. Like, Oh, like, oh no, what? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, um, but like Bioshock, like, it... Sorry, go ahead. Bioshock, oh no, 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 what I was going to say, like, Bioshock does that too, but it's like, 
they they get more indulgent with the audio logs, and then it's like by the end, I'm like, I don't really want to listen to another audio log where like they're chewing the scenery. I just kind of want to keep playing the game, or alternatively, I don't want to play this game anymore. It's too it's not very fun, but I really want to listen to this audio log. And I feel like, you know, what you're pointing to there is that 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 kind of battle between the two things, where it's like, oh, I don't want the story, but I do want the audio logs, or I do want the audio logs, but I don't want the story, and no one seems to want both. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, I know this is a generalization, obviously, games, are, but even in RPGs or whatever, you're picking up those notes from people or you're trying to, you know, you're, you're piecing that together or whatever, where, like, there's such a, a bigger, for me, sense of, like, movement or even in, like, fucking GTA games or, or whatever. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. you're still like, oh, you know, Johnny Five Pennies is over there and he's got 18 of my, you know, uh, <laughs> golf carts and you're going to have to drive him back. This game costs quarter of a billion dollars, by the way. Um, but, like, yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, like, that kind of stuff. Whereas Hitman seems to be, you know, there's all these stories happening on this level. You have a goal. But you're unlike you are the most important man in the room, you know, but you're not like so this is difficult. to. So you're you're Raymond Chandler had this thing, right, where he said, if you don't know what to do next in a story, you bring on the man with the gun. Right. Because that's mm. that, you know, and that's what Hitman is. There's all these stories happening and they're all either at an impasse or somebody's heading to something or they're throwing up before a job interview. Like, how do you make that interesting? I, I, introduce an insane smooth man who is just going to like <laughs> knock them out and like start the story happening. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it is. And one of the you know, the other thing about Hitman, that man with the gun thing is, again, you know, apart from its. Uh, albeit extremely, uh, you know, uh, massaged by me leftist credentials that probably aren't real. The other thing is, it's a game where killing one person is the aim, you know? Like, yeah. you're there to kill a person, which is fairly rare in, like, a big, like, you know, you know you're not there to, like, take all the Paragon options and then kill all of the, like, aliens. You're there to kill one person. I love, and those. It's a big I love those lies I can tell myself where I'm the good person in the game, but I'm still committing genocide. Exactly. You know, and that's fine. They're games. I'm not like, and why are games like, I've played a million, you know, I've played them, like any bad, like, big game, like, I've, I have played. But this idea that, like, one murder is really important because I think, you know, David Cronenberg, I always thought, say this on all units, that, like, David Cronenberg has the best approach to guns, I think, or one of them. Whereas if a gun is, comes out in a David Cronenberg film, reality collapses. You know, that that's what happens. Yeah. If you think about, like, in Existence, in Videodrome, in um, the one where they can't get Robert Pattinson out of the car, Cosmopolis. Like, <laughs> somebody takes out a gun... <laughs> Because guns like short circuit reality, right? And they and they're they're that for storytelling as well. Like people always talk about oh horror films, you, they're trying to get you know cell phones. I changed what I said there for the American audience. They're trying to get cell phones out of people's hands instead because they ruined. Yeah, and so I was gonna say, yes, I was gonna say mobile crisps. Uh, they they were gonna get cell phones out of people's hands <laughs> because because they uh, do my best here. Um, they um, I really appreciate they, that. They would, everyone would have been complaining. Yeah, a lorry. So yeah, they're trying to get cell phones out of people's hands <laughs> because uh, because they ruin how horror storytelling works, right? But I think in early mystery stories, the gun is so weird. Like like when you're trying to like set up people and like make one guy scary, or whatever. If you just give someone a gun, it's all fucked, you know. Like because yeah. guns like are such a non natural like just you point and click thing, you know. And like that's kind of one of the good things about Hitman is guns destroy the game like if people start shooting unless you do the whole stealth kill shoot people thing it's often like 
the end of something, you know, and it feels pretty final. But I do think it's cool that it's a game where, like, it's an extremely difficult balance, but it's a game where murdering one person is, like, the point and, and the thing you get rewarded for with no other casualties. But murdering any other person at any time is also extremely funny. Like, I don't know right. how they did that, but it's pretty good, you know? Well, it's it's sort of like what, the way you're describing it reminds me of – I'm sure I've brought this up on the podcast before because I only have like three references and I just recycle them. But um, well, Two more than uh, me. Two more than me in first. Oh, well, yo, gosh. Well, uh, so yours, yours is only Raymond Chandler? <laughs> That's it, that or Parker, but I, I don't even think Parker counts. Cause I, but yeah. <laughs> I was I, – I actually that – I would not heard that from Raymond Chandler and it, it – um, it, helped me understand uh, my favorite Dashiell Hammett novel a little better, which is uh, Red Harvest. Um, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Far and away my favorite novel to teach. Uh, perfect, perfect teaching novel. Oh, um, cool. That's good. Yeah, great, great novel to teach. Um, the students don't always like it, but you can always make them think. Fuck In any em. case, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's what I think. I don't, I don't assign things that I think my students will like ever. No, why would you, that's not why you get into education, for God's no, sake. No, you do it so you can read what you like. Um, yeah, but which I could never do in my own time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it reminds me of what um, what Lukacs, uh, what, what Herr Lukacs says about Tolstoy, which is that you know Tolstoy works as like sort of like a. a I don't think Lukacs would say leftist. I don't think he would call Tolstoy a Stalinist. He'd probably call him something like a a dialectician or a materialist or something like that. But, you know, you can imagine all of these things, except Stalinist probably, uh, for Tolstoy and say, like, the reason it works for him is because Tolstoy is very, very interested in presenting the world as a totality. So, like, and, and what what's meant by that is not necessarily, like, the what it's meant in naturalism, where, like, okay, so the way the world's going to be a totality is we're going to describe every element of it. Tolstoy is not going to be able to describe every element of it, but what he'll do is the example... Lukács gives as he says there's a scene in one of his novels where this lawyer is trying to uh, get uh, one of his clients off he's like trying to help them um, and he meets the wife of a judge um, and uh, the wife of the judge invites him to a party and he's like well I, I can't really go to the party like I I need to focus on helping my client and she goes oh well, we'll take care of that um, so you can go to the party and Lukács' point is, like, at that moment, you see every way that the society actually works, right? Like, it's all stripped away, and you get to say, like, oh, yeah, actually, this whole thing is just a farce. Like, it's just a – it's a yeah. – there was no – there's no justice here. There's no actual, like, people caring about anything. No one's actually doing a job. It's all just people who, like, if they want you to come to their party, they can help this poor person who would never get help otherwise. Um and Hitman, in some ways, like, I, that seems like a very pretentious thing to say about Hitman, I realize. But, like, in some ways, it kind of does that, where, like, all these interconnections are happening. And the way you talk about, like, the Jack stand-in, like, it feels like, oh, the Jack stand-in is kind of there because, of course, he would be there. Like, of course, yeah. he would be at the Illuminati meeting, but not appreciated at the Illuminati <laughs> meeting. Of course, like, of course, all these things work. Like, of course, it would be ridiculous if you took out a gun and started shooting because everything is connected in this world. Um and even taking out one piece of that puzzle matters. And that's like, I don't think a lot of games care about the world that way. I don't think a lot of games really worry about the structure of it. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy XIV because it's uh, infected my brain. Uh, and now I play uh, an MMO and I'm uh, oh, no. doomed forever. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, not gosh. good. It's real Sorry bad. It's, it's, yeah, it's terminal. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
they, they got me by saying that the base game was not very good, but once you finish that, then the real plot hit. And while they're right, um, that's a that's a, a sales pitch that could only work on me. Um, like, oh, so I have to do sixty hours of work to get to the good thing? Like, sounds sign me up. Um, but uh, but like in this in that game, like the one thing I really hate about Final Fantasy fourteen is your character is the central protagonist of everything. Like, anytime anything happens, right, yeah. they're like. Oh, thanks, Warrior of Light. Like, and it like it it tweaks every other RPG element. It's very careful with it. It's like very smart, except for that where it's like, oh, um, we need someone to help us. It has to be the Warrior of Light. Who's you? Who's the ultimate hero? And everyone loves you. Um, and I, I prefer something like Hitman, where it's like it would be better off if no one knew who you were ever. Like if, if yeah. you would be doing your job much better if no one ever knew there was an agent 40, uh, 47, like that's the whole point of it. And, and that kind of worldliness is so much more interesting to me. Definitely. I mean, this kind of, um, forget a Tolstoy, it's Chinatown thing you're talking about where like yeah. the consequences are totally different for like, that's <laughs> like, that's, I have to write that down. <laughs> okay. But that's like, that's what, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. Okay. But that, but that's what like, um, Hitman is because I always notice with Hitman that your costumes. Now I always notice also that everybody is exactly six foot one, but we don't need to talk about think about that too much. But your costumes, because they all fit, are either um, people who are invisible or people who are the most visible. I know this is not a revolutionary right. thing to think or whatever, but you're either there because you don't exist or you're there because the rules don't apply to you. You know, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. Like in the bank robbery level that they had as DLC. Which contains the one biggest misstep in the entire two Hitman games, if I can just say this Please. just briefly. There is a, okay, so there's a level, a mission story, uh, which, I mean, fuck me for liking the mission story, called The Heist, right? There are two bank robbers discussing doing a heist in a bathroom, and there is a bank robbery costume where it's like, the the Donnie Darko mask weirdly and like a she, uh, like a, a full body suit, and I and everybody that played this apparently I'm not the only one that was like oh my god you get to do a heist as think of the things he's going to say to people, but no the heist is just what they call getting into a fucking cell and they have uh, getting into the 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 vault and they actually have nothing to do with each other and it's it's seeing that oh. fail so badly it's heartbreaking is one of the oh. things that like yeah everything else but hitman does so well you realize when you see that big disconnect oh that's a very gamey thing because it's like a thing that a thing in the the you know the outside of the game that doesn't understand what's happening in the game and i always think hitman yeah. understands itself so totally like you were saying you know and like in the bank level you know you go in and you do a job interview and it's quite funny because you have to like match up the um the ink blots with what they mean and they're even though it's a, it's a really good corporate thing that even though they're ink blots and they're in you know like rose arch or whatever there's a right answer and it's like the pictures on the wall behind you and they match up but you get an you become an investment That's banker, funny. and yeah, if you get the right ones, and they're literally just like, oh, you're an investment banker now, you can go wherever in the bank it doesn't matter, you know. And there's nothing <laughs> different about you, but it's like explicitly calling out, like, oh yeah, this is just a, a switch we can flick. Nothing is nothing means anything, you know. And then in the same level, a guy gets fired for making his own sweaters and wearing them, and you can be that guy too. But like. <laughs> <laughs> that explicit calling out of like all this status stuff. I mean, the whole Illuminati level is more of that, obviously. Like, sure, 
writ large, you know, where you technically knock out the most powerful man in the world, but only so you can disguise yourself as him to kill people that are technically less important than him, but really important in your vendetta, that your weird clone brother, which is bad that the two new Hitman games retain the really weird clone storyline from the earlier ones. They're not a reboot. Which kind of makes <laughs> me a shame. bit sad. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. probably they probably could have taken the time to to get rid of those. I mean, I don't think they repeat the phrase "cloned from the five greatest criminals in history" <laughs> as much as the previous games did. But you're still, and you do like kill the guy who bioengineered you and stuff in it. So like, it's pretty cool in that way. But like, it is a bit embarrassing that they keep all of that shit in it as well. You know, "cloned from the five greatest criminals in history" is really good because it it makes me think that like. Th- those uh, clone uh, the, the people who cloned you had like a rubric for greatest yeah. criminals. Like they were just like, well, we can't we can't just say that they're the best. I mean, you know, there has to be like there has to be science behind this. Uh, so, you know, like uh, what what makes a good criminal? How many body counts? How many this? How many? It's just like I like imagining a bunch of suits just explaining why you know Jack the Ripper is who they pick as opposed to you know H H Holmes or like a, a con artist or something. And why I those, mean, as uh, absurd as absurd as that sounds, <laughs> yeah, as absurd as that sounds, that's a TV show. There's a guy who has invented. No, no, it really is a TV. Like, there's oh, a guy oh. who has invented. What? Yes, he. There is a like. I am a science uh, doctor, and <laughs> I have invented a scale of evil, and he like rates serial killers on a scale of evil. And, like, there's a big explanation for, like, Hitler's 24, but John Wayne Gacy's 25 <laughs> or something. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's And he really... goes and meets people and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. Oh, that's very strange. I can't imagine he's very popular. Like, that seems like the kind of work that would not make you the most popular person. I get the feeling if you're in academia and other people don't like you, but you have a Discovery TV show, you are the winner. Um, I don't want to pull the veil back on academia too much. But, oh, not on this uh, show, no. Yeah, uh, yeah no, 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 for sure. I think I think you're absolutely correct. Um, yeah, no, you make a very good point. Um, well, but but also, I like to to your point about about uh, about being the person who matters uh, the most, or being like the person who matters the least. Like, I think what's so interesting about the bank heist level as opposed to the Illuminati level, but what is interesting about both is that you know in the bank level it is the mundanity of it all. Like, it's just like no game really deals with mundane situations. Obviously a bank heist isn't mundane, but like the, you know, the, 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 uh, I don't know the, the experience of being part of being like a corporate lawyer or being working in working in corporate banking. That's pretty mundane. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, the the infamous way is not. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, sorry, I keep interrupting. Sorry, um, I haven't no, done podcasting fine. in a while. And when I did do it, I did it on my own. Um, so you're, I'm you're really always, bad with You're it. always welcome to interrupt. That's not a problem. Also, uh, <laughs> God bless you for doing it alone. That is the hardest thing in the world to me. It is. Uh, you, your solo podcasts are very good, I, I think. But oh, but, um, but I think that doing it on my own, it was like me being like, I'm going to put all this effort in and now I'm going to sink the chest full of effort to the bottom of the ocean where no one will ever see it. Because it's so like fundamentally unappealing, you know, to like do a solo podcast, you know. And it's, yeah, I can never imagine people listening to them. And I guess they do, but like, boy, it's just, it's, 
yeah, that's just a lot of work and good for you. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, but I, yeah, anyway, the, the thing about the, the bank robbery, that you're exactly right. I was interrupting you to tell you're correct, which is a very good uh, person with anxiety thing to do, um, where, like, if you're the IT guy, right, that you can go down and turn off the Wi-Fi and you can basically get to the CEO's office. Right. Like, as long as you have a sweater. Like, and and you walk through all of the and it's all off you know it's not like you know bank of banking like it's a real bank like there's there, it's not a real bank but they're doing bank stuff in it you know what I mean it's not like like there's any because that's what's kind of appealing about it even though it's got a cyber vault it's still just a vault you know um, right. like because there's some levels like Sapienza famously starts in this like beautiful I think it's Italian like village and then you end up in a laboratory by the end of it you know and there's a couple of different levels like that where you start off in one thing and you can kind of there's a secret whole layer like columbia or whatever there's like a secret drug lab underground and all this kind of, and that's cool like that is cool and again it's a game about levels of access and finding different areas and exploiting that but there is something about that bank that's just it's a bank you know like there's not and the the suburb level <laughs> it's, it's as well not an evil bank or a more evil bank than any other bank it's just a a bank it's it's boring. yeah it is but yeah yeah it, it is and like all of the the people having convert like there's like a, there's an there's a journalist doing an expose there but it's like a woman in a hilarious fake wig you know and it's like really <laughs> really tacky and like imagine if gawker was in a law and order episode is kind of like the right, vibe yeah. of, of you know and yeah it's right. and the the suburb level is is a it's like Oh, the real sinister thing about the suburbs is everybody's like a petty dick, <laughs> you know, like, sorry, David Lynch. It's not actually, you know, masking a greater evil. It's just everyone's a, like a prick, you know, and sure, one guy used to be a genetic scientist or whatever, but it's still just like a load of boring people. Like, like one of the main guys is like a guy who's angry about his land rights, you know, <laughs> you know that you can like disguise no, yourself. I, as. But that's so correct. Like, that's exactly the truth about the suburbs, too. Like. The worst people are like, you know, the worst people I can think of in my town are the people who like don't want to, uh, like don't want any, don't want anyone to spend any money uh, on uh, schooling because it would increase their land uh, tax. Like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. And and they don't I have mean, that's, kids. Like, it's evil. yeah, exactly. It's just, <laughs> but like, but full you know, on is like, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And I mean, that's what I mean about like, hey, man, you're the most important person, and you're not because you're encountering, they kind of need to make out that everybody you kill is bad, right? And sometimes that can feel a little bit like when they realized basically everything Bane was saying in The Dark Knight was right, so they had to have him, like, kick an old woman in half five minutes before the end of the film or whatever, you know? Um, (laughs) The the most negative reaction I've ever gotten on Twitter, well, actually, no, that's not even close to true, sadly, but I put up, the, the bit where Bane goes into the stock market, you know, and the guy is like, there's no money for you to rob here. And he's like, then why are you people here? And he smashes the guy's face off a desk. And uh, and I'm not a big superhero film fan, if you've heard the podcast or whatever, but just the Bane section of Dark Knight is so good because it's such a weird performance. It's like a fucking Sydney Green Street performance in the middle of a Chris Nolan movie. It's bizarre. But... I said yeah. that and some guy was like, I hope you, when you're at your job, someone smashes your face on a desk and then you can tell me. And I was like, you know that all of the stock market are like almost directly causing people's debts all the time. How do you feel about that? And then he was like, I'm going to use the block function. But, you know, fair enough. 
I love, I love the I love the idea of like saying this was cool that Bane did this, and it's like, oh, why? You know, how dare you? How dare you say that about a real person who really got their head smashed against the desk? I hope <laughs> that happens to you. Yeah, and it's actually the, the guy. The guy it happens to is the star of the film Postal. Um, the adaptation of the postal game, which really adds another good wrinkle to the whole ethical filmmaking debate your man was apparently having. Um, but uh, wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's great. Yeah, he's That's, a he's uh, a pretty minor like character. He plays an asshole and everything because, of course, he does. But um, but yeah, he's the if I'm not mistaken, he's the postal man. So. Oh God, yeah. I think what's like what, the funniest thing about about that particular Nolan movie to me is that everyone is so uh, into the debate over whether or not the Joker is a good guy, which is obviously like intentional on Nolan's part. And like the idea of is Bane actually the hero of the movie never really comes up about Dark Knight Rises, but is the much more interesting question. Well, it's a hilarious like problem that happens in a lot of genre fiction now, especially because it's so portentous and fucking weighty and everything has to be like, you know, this fucking the Joker dancing down the steps to some nonce, you know, fucking football song and then like killing the guy whose movie it's like all this stupid, like because it's so self-serious, it's coming up a lot more now, but villains are more fun to write. So if you write them, they become appealing. But then if you're trying to make them into like whatever that was supposed to be like, you know, Antifa, it can be a bit confusing for the audience because they're like, Eric Killmonger is basically right. And then you have to go, no, no, no. Off screen, he like mashed a million babies. Uh, please, do, please do not pay any attention to this. You know, he's, he's um, actually bad. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For reasons we, we will exist. explain later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's like, sure, you know, I mean, would you, you're telling me that the guy who's fighting against the CIA and they're uh, them encouraging into another country is bad uh, but you know um, it's uh, yeah it's funny like Hitman is people who act like they're like instead of being a main character you know like we were talking about in Final Fantasy mm-hmm. a million that you're dedicating your life to or whatever like people that sorry that's, that was it's a bit my, cruel it's my, third, it's my third child and I'd prefer you not to uh, make fun of that yeah sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> for, forgiveness uh, I, am, I'm, I'm, I beg forgiveness but, <laughs> but um, I wouldn't like to speak about your third child that way but uh but like, you know, you're the most important person in the world, whereas Hitman, you're killing everyone who thinks they're the most important person in the world. And right. that's probably why I really like it is like every time you encounter someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't even recognize you as existing or like whatever. I mean, that's why the very first level in the first of these, re, you know, like reboot or whatever, where it's like, you know, have you played the you played the first one, right? The, where it's I, like, I, uh, I've only played parts of the second one, actually, because I, I OK, OK, because uh, I was looking into I was doing a thing for game of the year and I took it way too seriously. Um, <laughs> oh, it's great. Played, like, like all the games from 2018 that I could think of. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. I, I, okay. I, I really liked my list, but <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. But um, but it, so in the first one, you're the tutorial levels are where you learned to be a hitman like in story and they're set in like giant they're card ones like a boat that is obviously fake on a fake set and and there's like if you look up you're in like a massive grain silo and they like hang a fake sky and everyone's supposed to be an actor so if you like shoot guns and people panic they say things like are you supposed to be doing this but you still kill the guy or whatever and then the second one is you're (laughs) in like an obviously fake Russian base where the plane is made of wood I think or something but anyway the boat one in the very first level you have to get on an obvious now really obviously wooden boat 
and the guy you, the the like prestige character you're um you pretend to be is just a man in a big hat you know like, and that's how that's how they distill the whole game it's like you have to be the guy in the big white cowboy hat and you can go wherever you want and that's how simple they make it and then they just iterate from there you know but it really understands itself so much these games you know yeah like the idea that that is the appeal that it's not about being some sort of realistic killer but it's about like the absurdity of being able to you know, take out the most important people in the world while being such an absurdity yourself. And yeah, that's I mean, like, you're such a. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I mean, it's, it's such a. It's it's almost like, and you know, like this is this is kind of silly because, of course, it isn't like actually this. But in the context of video games, it's almost like a brave thing to do to be like, no, no, you, you know, you are you are probably the most ridiculous character in this game. Like, you don't. You don't. You shouldn't matter. Uh, you matter in a sort of material way because you are killing all these people. But um, you yourself are are always the the butt of every joke, and uh, and everyone will say that you are not important. Um, yeah, exactly. Like you 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 get where you can get because you either don't exist or are such like the chic thing is so funny because people <laughs> say your costume to you when you walk towards them because the game is really funny about that so people would be like hey waiter boy enjoy but if you dress up like the chic different people will say a white chic and then just walk past you because you know of course you're gonna be there like it's just like oh a clown okay and then like leave again you know it's so ah oh, man it's so, so funny. funny in that yeah yeah it's um not i just i just think like because the, the power you get like the element because you know if you looked at hitman games from the outside it would probably look a bit like Golga 13, you know, where yeah. you have this hyper-competent guy who is like, probably, you know, who, who just is so good. Like, I love Golga 13. The, the, one of people's one of people's favorite episodes of all units, if you're interested in listening, listener, is the one about Google 13 because I basically just get really excited about it. It's and a great talk about Alan. Thank you. And then talk about Alan Clark's elephant, which brings it all the way back down again. But um, but I just... <laughs> Everyone just leaves before the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, if you like this anime about a super murder man, you're going to love an experimental film about people murdered in the Northern Irish conflict. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> one of my weirder pairings I'll admit uh, but but like Gogo 13 is like about a guy who everybody talks about how great he is and then in the end of the episode he like shoots somebody through 18 doors in a window and walks off and they're like we can't do anything no one saw him you know and that's how the game would appear but actually Agent 47 is a man with no personality apart from a bone deep facetiousness that just seems to end every single aspect of his, like, the costumes he wears, the stuff he says to people before killing him, where he's like, yeah, I, uh, I he more or less looks into the camera and says, I am a murderer. Like, every time you have a cutscene <laughs> with him, where he's like, oh, this won't hurt, I bet that pain is killing you, well, we'll stop that soon, you won't need to worry about that anymore. Like, you could do a supercut of him basically being like, guess what, um... <laughs> but even like you know we, we talked about how the guns are you know kind of end the game or, or you know are, are like yeah. reality breaking thing but everybody the, the thing everybody likes about the games is throwing stuff at people you know and like because you can pick up anything and it, with unerring accuracy you can knock someone out or stab someone in the head with it you know and like it takes people if even if people have no idea of how to play the rest of the game they're not great on 3d games they will throw a fire extinguisher at somebody's head at first point in the first five minutes and be like, okay, I kind of get why this is good, you know? Because yeah, like, right. 
Yeah, because a, a lot of games are written, and Hitman, t- Hitman, and Hitman Two are like have a kind of a no one's lives forever approach to like really funny overheard conversations that you rarely see. I I think in other games done as well, but your power is comic timing, right? Like that's your like <laughs> that's the thing because <laughs> you can throw power. Yeah, more than anything else, like, you know, like in Control, you have that gun. I, you know, I really like Control. This probably sounds facetious, but, you know, you have that gun and you can eventually fly. And so, but, like, the Hitman equivalent of that is you can dress up as whoever you want. All clothes fit you and you're funny, which is actually what people should be aspiring to instead of being like Picnic Gears of War murderers. You should just be like, clothes fit me. I'm quite a good drummer. And uh, and I uh, and I'm really really funny, you know. Like that's a that's a even though it's a guy who's murdering people is his whole thing. It's probably a better thing to aspire to than most video game protagonists. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think like the you know the funny thing about Hitman in the way that you're bringing in the way you're talking about it, sort of revealing something about it that I hadn't really thought about, which is you know it, it's it's a game about it's a game about the same thing all games are about, but. It is. It is also like completely. I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like, it's. I mean, it's a genre game, right? Like, it's a genre game in yeah. the way that, like, genre. In its truest sense, kind of crosses a lot, right? Where like something like Parker it has beats of humor because it has to have beats of humor because it's very difficult to do genre work without comedy, and it's very difficult to do comedy outside of you know the 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 confines of some sort of genre and like genre fiction and genre uh, film and, and like, you know, which I love. And, and one of the reasons I love it is that like the archetypes uh, blend into one another and they do so because like they match so nicely and they're all archetypes, but when done with a sort of sense of, you know, uh, consistency and seriousness about like, you know, actually liking the, these archetypes and actually liking these genres just works. Like it, it, it produces something that is just much more enjoyable than, you know, anything that tries to be hyper real about anything, you know, painting with broad strokes, you recognize some of that stuff is wrong and some of that stuff is not like true to life. Like, yeah, little St. James wasn't uh, like it is portrayed in Hitman 2. Um, however, if Hitman 2 attempted to literally portray Jeffrey Epstein and little St. James, um, it would be much less effective because he just would be able to pick out every flaw as opposed to say like, yeah, I mean, there are flaws here, but it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think you really hit on something there because again, I don't I'm not an expert in hitmanology or whatever and there's like I find with video game fans same as everything else, the people who are the most like dedicated fans of it understand it the least in some way, which is how I get away with being a stupid person. I I say stuff like that. But um but when they're like, "Oh, the earlier games were better." And it's like, yeah, well, all the earlier games like feel to me like they they kind of were like, uh, here's your slop kind of approach to genre. You know the way, you know that yeah. kind of sense of like I think I don't know. I've said a million things about why I don't like horror or uh, superhero films, but here's your now, slop. Are you going to say a million things the, about why you don't like horror films? No, I knew. Uh, Jesus, I knew. <laughs> what a slip! I thought I got away with that, but like, yeah, I think it's because. I uh, I think it's because it's November and I'm like I'm free. I don't have to watch them for, uh, even though I think yesterday I watched Jekyll and Hyde, the 1930s one. It was very good. I recommend it to everybody. But um, okay. but yeah, no, like superhero films. It's that kind of facetiousness, you know, like when they were trying to get. I think Lucretia Martel. That can't be right. But it was some director like that, like really, really 
and a high profile critically lauded director Marvel were trying to get them it can't be Lucretia Martel but it was somebody and she said oh yeah they told me we'll get someone else to film the action scenes you know <laughs> um, and it's like oh okay guys uh, that's cool uh, you know and, and that, wow. that approach like yeah 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 and that's pretty co- like I even saw um, I think it was some some there's this series on YouTube that I watched compulsively, even though it's pretty bad, where it's like stunt men react to stunts and CGI guys react to CGI stuff, and they have a very science is awesome vibe about them, which always kind of screams predator to me because of my experience with the internet. They seem like nice guys, anyway. Um, I like the I like the, <laughs> the phrase screams predator to me is very. Good. <laughs> but I, I'm sure they're lovely. Uh, but um, uh, but anyway, they, they, one of the things they did was. They were like, one. they explained filmmaking, they were like, okay, there's the first unit and they deal with all the drama and there's the second unit and they shoot all the action. I don't think that's true or it didn't used to be anyway. You know, like, like that, that is kind of a separation, but like directors, like Jean-Pierre Melville, like the action scenes in, you know, La Samurai or whatever, or La Circle Rouge or Army of Shadow. I'm just showing off. I know Jean-Pierre Melville. <laughs> I'm just listing them for some reason. You just um, list them all. List more. <laughs> it's like this guy knows about, you know, Le Duzième Souf, but, uh, but they look the same. They're filmed by the same guy. You know, Johnny Toe films um, are like directed by like the, 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 you know, dramatic scenes in it look the It's not this completely separate thing you drop in, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think... What like hit maniacs, uh, which I assume the fans are called, are are hit men of the land, maybe. Um, but they're like the people. <laughs> like I, I find like if they're saying the earlier games of, are good or whatever, um, it's because they prefer the mechanics or something like that's the first game, and I think that the the theme is so central to every mechanic. This is. You know what? I mean, if only there was a phrase for the dissonance between theme and mechanics, and somebody will think of one. But like the hitmen don't have that like narrative this thing because like it it's so it meshes so well together. You know what I mean? Like, and and I feel earlier ones because there was levels in earlier hitman games where you just like Rambo toed your way through everything, you know, like yeah. with the gun, because you give someone a gun. Like Hitman, one of their best jokes in Hitman is they have such an extensive selection of guns and you shouldn't shoot any of them. You know? <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah, it's it it will and, and it's like it's one of those things that I think I, I feel like a lot of games aren't willing to take the joke the full way. And in, in the same way that like I think like the the lack of seriousness you're talking about and saying like don't worry we'll get someone else to shoot the action scenes like games are games and film and novels and 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 stuff that that are uncomfortable with genre always sort of do this tell where they're just like oh yeah you know the, the artist will do the serious part and then we'll like we'll we'll pawn off the dumb part on someone else um, and like the the first off the idea that the artist wouldn't want to do the whole thing and second off the idea that there has to be a dumb part of the uh, piece of media is like is so telling because of course like there doesn't have to be and and in fact all of it can be pretty funny and cool or interesting um in the way you just talked about with hitman there's all these guns uh these games have to have guns but you shouldn't use them that's funny uh i like the metal gear games a lot but i also think that the the way that they handle uh, conflict is basically like well you know you shouldn't be doing this and and it's kind of embarrassing to think that you would (laughs) it's like yeah. yeah, now I, I sort of see where you're uncomfortable here, and it's taking me immediately out of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the same yeah. way that, like, you know, Marvel movies, it's like, oh, I can tell you're uncomfortable with this just being, like, a fun superhero romp, and it made it way worse. 
Um, Hitman's not uncomfortable with anything. Hitman's just Hitman. It is gleefully. I mean, like it's it's a game where like you can like one of the funniest things is leaving leaving a level in costume because they insist on having a big dramatic uh, you know outro thing even if you're dressed as a fucking like like I don't know bathroom attendant in a giant straw hat you're still like striding <laughs> manfully out of the and like that's a game that like at every stage will remind you like this is dumb it's it's but like it's very very well put together and like we're not under any illusions no one's going to be like writing like uh, i you know like a book about how this game you know it's just i mean i could because i love it so much you know but i mean as you said you'd be the person i'd want to write the book about the game it's the parker thing i would want to read your book about it thank um, you very yeah. much I pre- however i don't think i hate all the other games and i've barely played them would be the most effective pitch in the world but um but i i do think i don't know i just there's something about the delivery and like you know the voiceover and telling and and I'll leave you to prepare like that that it just seems like somebody who's thought a lot about this kind of fiction right who's thought a lot about what's good about Danger Diabolique and what's good about Jeff Reagan Private Investigator and what's good about all of these types of you know crime fiction and then put them all together and like I I don't know it's it's really really uh like it speaks to me pretty directly in the way that I've got to assume a skeleton in a suit of armor speaks to other people, you know? <laughs> well, I get, but like, I, not to, not to make fun of people who like dark souls. Cause I like dark souls, but I don't know if I, I don't know if there's like a personal connection to a lot of that kind of stuff with people in dark souls. I think that's just sort of like window dressing, like the idea of like, well, this has to be there. Like you, it's, it would be very difficult to, to not have a skeleton in a suit of armor in a game like that. It's just kind of there. Whereas oh, yeah. and it feels like a distinct bespoke choice, even if it's a goofy one. Yeah, and I mean I want to I want to clarify like with all the sci-fi and fantasy stuff, I have played games like that and I I'm I'm mostly being facetious for effect, which I always forget is a really bad thing to do on the internet <laughs> cuz if somebody has are going to be you know, so I'm, mad at you. <laughs> well, people are always like this fucking guy hates suits of armor, but like, like you know, like it's No, it's, I don't. I, don't know. I love them. I, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. I've seen lots of them, but like to me it just I'm not saying oh this I just really want to put the point across that it, I don't I'm not like no one could laser guns get me out of here like when I went to some guy's birthday party <laughs> which was when I was like 14 or something we went to see Attack of the Clones and another guy who who grew up to be a politician as far as I remember and then makes terrible conceptual art we were all like 14 stood up and said well that was the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen and I remember thinking, like, wow, art's just not for some people, is it? Like, a tag of the clone, like, whatever you think about it, unrealistic should not be a criticism you level at. And I just want to say, that's not what I'm saying about fantasy or sci-fi and stuff. It's just personally, me, the guy it's all about, the protagonist of reality, in this instance, I'm saying that, like, Hitman takes seriously a whole world of fiction that seems to have largely, you know, been... Not 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 taken on in games. I even find like the GTAs to be quite like one note in a way. You know, they do one thing pretty well, but it's not it's not all these different styles and it's not doesn't take in the narrative ways it usually happens and that kind of thing. It seems like a bit more yeah. window dressing than this, you know? Well yeah, and I, I think that I mean that's like that's again uh, I'm trying to think of a better way to say this, but I think like it's sort of the way that Hitman is interested in doing 
one specific thing and is interested in everything surrounding that one specific thing, as opposed to something like GTA, which is like, okay, we need a massive map. We need all the best cars. We need the guns. We need the action. And what it should be doing is also telling a story about how, like, crime's pretty fun, but it never pays. And it's like, okay, fine. Um, but you're not going to be able to do all of those things. And if you are doing all of those things, some of them are going to suffer because they are not thematically consistent. Um, and, like, the the willingness to just do one thing. It, I, I've never really thought about it that way. But, like, there are very few games that are like, okay, I'm just going to do this. Like, I'm going to do this one thing. It's probably why people like Goose Game or the the various, like, indie darlings of the past. Like, they do one thing and they do it fairly well. But Hitman's that way, too. It's just, it's all about caring about that one thing and being committed enough to just focus all of your effort on it. Um, as opposed to just trying to make, like, a blockbuster. Trying to make, like, the game that will appeal to everyone so everyone buys it. Yeah, and I mean, similarly to... Um to Goose Game, I guess, which I know Hitman's been compared a lot to Goose Game, um, and uh, accurately so, or whatever. I think there, it's definitely. I wish I wish Hitman also refused to acknowledge the existence of Australia, but one thing at a time. Um, but uh, but I uh, I think that like it rewards you for playing the game. Now Hitman obviously is a triple A game, so they have to put in a load of like leaderboards and extra challenges and stuff. But essentially, like a lot of the challenges and a lot of the stuff is like, did you see the other cool thing we put in there? Pretty cool, right? Like, or hey, have you right. thought about doing this? And have you tried? You know. And again, I'm probably romanticizing it, and I guess every achievement, it's not achievements, but everything like that is sort of similar. But Hitman just really encourages you to like, they want you to see what they've done. You know, it's like the it's like the good version of an unskippable cutscene where they've like, <laughs> they've earned it and they want you to see that rather than, you know, you desperately mashing pause through Knights of the Round or whatever, you know, like instead you're like, this is actually good and I care about this, you know? Man, I was so into watching Knights of the Round when I was here. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did, you didn't watch that whole cutscene every time? It's impressive. Uh, well, no, I, I memorably, uh, Irish PlayStation magazine had a front disc of the, you know, they had a free disc or whatever. I still think this is really weird. One of the things they gave away was a 99% completion save of Final Fantasy VII with all of the, like, the character maxed out and everything like that. Yeah, weird, right? So you could just save it onto your memory card and you had, like, all of the stuff and could just go and finish the game. (laughs) Wow, Um, that's so... Yeah, joyless weirdness, right? Yeah, so, so like... (laughs) I we just love, did we this love in to front play a game life. for no reason except to finish the last 1% of it. Yeah, and I mean, a guy, but this was before, I mean, this was before YouTube, so people hadn't even invented racism. But like, but this is before YouTube, right? So like, um, so <laughs> you couldn't just see Knights at the Round or whatever. So I was on the same street as a guy um, who, uh, who <laughs> was like 70 hours into it. And I got it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got that game on, like, I'm, like, nearly done. Uh, do you want to come over and, you know, see Knights of the Round or whatever, you know? Like, and he's there, you know, in floods of tears at Emerald Weapon, and I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, just knock this off and I'm going to play Siphon Filter 2 now. You know, like, <laughs> but it's such a strange thing to put into it. Like, here's, yeah, like, here's the end, you know, in case you missed it. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, we yeah. just, we're really worried that no one's going to get here, so, uh, you know, Definitely watch this uh, and uh, and tell your friends. Tell your friends that it's very cool once you get there. 
I hope in the remake weird. they give away that save as well. Like I, I hope oh, in the they, remake they, they will, right? I, I have to assume. Yeah. You have to uh, skip to the end of game four that they haven't <laughs> made, made yet, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, I, I mean, to sort of, and I've, I've kept you long enough, so I'll let you go. But like the, mm-hmm. you know, like I think, I think the to sort of con- to sort of conclude my thoughts on it, it's like there is a kind of bloatedness in in storytelling, and I think a lot of people have a lot of. Uh, how to say this, a lot of theories as to why, right? Like, why does everything feel so long? Why is everything three hours long, et cetera, et cetera? And I think one of the reasons is just that a lot of the things we expect to be short, like like Parker novels, actually, to take it back to the beginning, Parker novels are short and sweet. They're very easy to get through. They are quick. They are to the point. Um, they are focused on something as opposed to trying to be everything to everyone. Um, and Hitman's the same way. And I think, like, especially the bloatedness in video games is the result of wanting to be everything to everyone. To have, like, oh, you know, we put in uh, we put in a, uh, a a horde mode, and we put in a PvP mode, and we put in uh, a thing where you can drive cars, and we put in a thing where you can shoot guns, even if there aren't guns in the story. And uh, the combat's been refined, and the storytelling has multiple branching paths, and you'll be able to spend 95 hours just on your first run, and there are so few games that are just kind of willing uh, let's say so many triple a games or so few triple a games that are just willing to say yeah we, we just did this one thing um if you like the idea of uh stealth and assassination over like a uh a sprawling level um you're probably gonna like hitman if you don't you're not gonna like it um and just going with that um and I, I, I had not really thought about that before, but I think you're absolutely right in saying that it is something unique about this game. Yeah, I mean, I, and you put it very well there. I think that's that's that's. Uh, imagine I said that, everybody, because that's a pretty good summation of what I was thinking. But I'll just, um, I'll, just uh, I'll, I'll remember what uh, was said there, and uh, I will say it in my in my patented Irish accent. Um, oh wow! Uh, it looks like we have to finish. We're, we're out of time. Um, sorry, no, no. I, <laughs> oh I, no! Um, actually, the, the, yeah, my Irish friends asked me to do an Irish accent for them, and I couldn't beg off, so I did, and they laughed at me, and rightfully oh, so. Right. I just, I, I, I would, I would never, unless, unless pressured. Um, uh, let's uh, let's leave it to the imagination, certainly. Uh, Ooh, but I, no, <laughs> never, Sean. You couldn't I, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. No, no. I, I I feel like I've come across as weirdly nationalistic in the show. I don't actually care. That I know. Much. Um, I just live in Dublin. It's full of American tourists. Sometimes it gets to me. You know what I mean? Uh, but um, oh, for sure. I can I think, only imagine. Yeah. I, uh, oh. I flew out of Dublin on St. Patrick's Day. Um, I didn't realize that I would be there on St. Patrick's Day. I was just visiting a friend. Um, and I flew out of Dublin there, and the only people excited about St. Patrick's Day seemed to be Americans. Um, and the only fanfare yes. we got was when we landed back in Boston. Have I ever told you this story? Uh, we landed back in no. Boston. And I was like, I didn't live in Boston, but it was the it was the connecting flight. And Boston is very, very into um, like saying they're Irish. Uh, of like course, very, yeah. Um, and they they hose down the plane. They had like a fire brigade ready when we land. And they hose down the plane, and of course, like, I immediately am worried. Uh, but they say, oh, no, don't worry, everyone. Uh, the fire brigade is here to hose down the plane because it came from Ireland on St. Patrick's Day, and they want to get, like, it's like a special way to get that essence into into Boston. Just, like, wash it off. Deeply insane. Truly. As I'm saying it, I'm questioning whether it happened. But, like, yeah. No, like, that is... I, 
oh my god that yeah. like like i have had an uh, an an american with the second name mctiernan um who had the audacity not to direct die hard so i don't know why i'm supposed to be interested in him but he <laughs> was sending my family emails telling us to give him his blood or our blood because he wanted to put us into one of those fucking DNA. But this was like 10 years ago. This is before they Yo, caught the Golden right. State Killer. And like, you know, fucking reputation washed the whole <laughs> like heritage industry. But this guy was like, just give me your blood. And he was, first of all, he was like, we can get you a deal on these blood kits, $90. And my whole family were like, if this guy calls again, like ignore, the, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> block this man's emails. But at one stage, so then he went down to free. He was like, I will pay for these blood. Like, you know, it's like, you're not a great <laughs> you salesman. just um, give us your blood. Yeah. And eventually Jeez. he emailed my boss in one of my first jobs and said, could you pass on to your employee this insane request for his blood and like my boss was like is this a joke and i said no no america um this is uh what we're experiencing here is the united states yeah but it was just um just mad you know i i i apologize for that man who wanted your blood i i can't can't understand it but i am not surprised to hear it I'll say he will not much. be one of the ten thousand. I will forgive. I will. I will. I will ruin <laughs> I think, that uh, surprise I, right off top. Yeah. I think you can. I think you can not forgive him, and no one will. No one will uh, <laughs> chastise you for that. I, I. Americans are very obsessed with blood, and like where it leads you if you give it to a DNA person. Mm, uh, <laughs> interesting, considering the backgrounds of a lot of percentage of America that don't seem to get considered during this whole thing. But um, yeah. not everybody arrived there, you know, willingly. Uh, but our, oh yeah, uh, I mean, no. there. L- let's say this: white America is very interested in blood. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, white Americans so. primarily. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, exciting. Anyway, exciting I feel place. like I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm filibustering your podcast. I, I, I'm really sorry. Um, no, but I will. Likes uh, parts. Especially me. Okay. I, I prefer to hear, yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but I have uh, one more Hitman thing to say. Yeah, I, I was guess. actually going to ask um, you, have, have any more thoughts on Hitman? Yeah, just the, I guess the summary is that, like, games, games I like and games people, people like, I think when I was younger, I sound really old now, the whole idea was, like, here's a character and it's a verb. You know, it like Kirby swallows things and becomes them. The the guy with the grappling hook in that grappling hook game, I can't Bionic Commando. Bionic Commando. Get yeah. ready, yeah, get ready to grapple. You know, like there was like a <laughs> <"Ah>, thing, <laughs> the famous "Get Ready to Grapple" slogan that swept the nation in the early nineties. Um, yeah, the, but I, like, I still have my shirt. It's, you know, yeah, exactly. Commando power. Yeah, but they came up with a a feel of doing an action like. The, the jump man, the titular jump man of the jump man games. And they were like, <laughs> okay, how do we justify this really nice feeling jump? Well, he's an Italian plumber. You know, like they came up with a verb and then backwards engineered <laughs> a game around that. And that like Hitman, the verb is kind of like nonchalant murder or whatever, or nonchalant secret murder. But then <laughs> it feels like the entire game is built in service of this sort of like hilarious shrugging homicidal sort of like right, the, yeah. the willingness to, to 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 just kill anybody for whatever reason, and uh, and I really like that. I think it's really good. In in some senses, you know, Hitman is more retro than many pixel pixel art games in that way. I guess one hundred percent. And I I think you know the only thing I'd add is to say they they do that, and there is no shame in the producers by in saying zero. That, this game is about the the sarcastic murderer that you're playing as. It's all about him, and there's no moral. Um, 
I think yes. that's cool. That's very rare. Yeah, I think that's it. I think you did it perfectly there, man. No, you did it perfectly. I just, I just stole your thunder. Um, sorry, I got the last word in over my guest. That's that's horrible. Um, well, let me let you get the last word in. Um, where can people find your work? Where can people find your uh, your YouTube playthroughs of Hitman, your speed runs, uh, <laughs> your yeah. various I'm, various exploits? I'm doing a, a CGI recreation of Night of the Round. It's taken a long time, but when I when I when, I, when it's gonna come, it's gonna be big. Uh, that's all I'll say to you. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, so so I have done many, like several. So all units XYZ is where you can get my podcast All Units, which is about thrillers. Um, that I have mentioned several times in the show, probably to your bemusement listener. But anyway, while I was doing All Units, um, and if you subscribe to All Units, I was doing another show called Calling All Units. Uh, This is deliberately confusing because I didn't want anyone to listen to what I was doing. But Calling All Units is about, like, the internet. And if you've ever wanted a man that sends, like, me to explain why a YouTuber, like, filmed a dead body in a forest and everyone thought it was okay after a couple of weeks, that's what Calling All Units is mostly about. Um... Excellent. So yeah, so if you sc- yeah subscribe to all units that there, I've done other podcasts and stuff like I did a horror one called Hundreds of Dead Bodies. You can find that. So, but the the other thing is I'm trying more regularly, but because <laughs> in classic internet fashion, I started a weekly um, newsletter which I've done three of in the last four months. But I am trying to do it more. Re- a lot of things happened, I guess. Like I say to a man on a podcast who's had a lot of things happening and still put out his show. Um, but uh, listen, it's a tiny it's, letter. <laughs> Writing is Sorry, harder than podcasting. It's you. You have all my sympathy. Somebody had to say it, um, but um, don't tell. Don't tell most people that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I I have a a newsletter. Uh, everybody was on Substack, but no one told me that. So I have a tiny letter um, called <laughs> tinyletter.com forward slash murder murder that is the word murder m-u-r-d-e-r because i know my accent is odd probably twice um this caused tiny letter to immediately lock my account after (laughs) (laughs) after some deliberation they unlocked my account and uh and that's where it is so if you want to subscribe to that that is another thing i'll be writing up sorry i went on too long with my plugs thank you very much for having me on i appreciate it oh god i had not heard that story about murder murder that's very funny (laughs) <laughs> I think that you know what fair enough I can't really argue with that I'm a big free speech guy of course uh, but yeah yeah that's that's fair enough are you gonna be are you gonna be writing as an enthusiast of murder I guess <laughs> so, uh, once is weird but twice is very bad twice is sinister <laughs> um, yeah exactly yeah. but yes no subscribe I um uh, Sean is very humble but uh his his work is uh is excellent and you would uh the film recommendations, the the analysis, all of that, it's it's well worth uh, exploring. Um, and if he is uh, making the uh, labor-intensive choice to go into writing as opposed to uh, talking about it, then uh, I, I support him 100%, and you should too. Um, but thank you for being on. This was great. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's as I, I mean, I tried to muscle my way on a couple of years ago, so I wanted to be on for a while, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I loved when I, that was a funny story, when I, I, I actually was going to DM you to ask you if you wanted to be on, and the first DM I saw was you asking to be on, and I was like, 
Oh boy. Because <laughs> I was it's like, because like, everybody this said, is a missed opportunity oh, by me. <laughs> it's like, everyone's like, oh, it's a film. It's even got the word no in it. It's like a film, like, it's like a game version of what you were. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I'll ask if it's really good. And then I got no response. And I was like, this is perfectly appropriate. No one wants to. So that was at the start of all units when I thought I was going to be like a professional film guy. And then immediately it was like, millionaires should be murdered. And everyone went, oh, oh dear. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I don't think we can let you into the academy. Well, my. Yeah loss entirely to not have you on earlier but please come back again soon and um well next time there's a detective game i'm going to be playing it and i will uh force you to play it too that's yes, my, that is I'd my pledge to you i'd be delighted um, thank you very much all right talk to you soon see you